Have you ever felt owned by the grocery store? Perhaps you went in on an empty stomach, spent way more than you intended, and possibly threw a lot of that food out after it spoiled weeks later. Yep, this has happened to me. I would say if you were late in any way, food is the major component in your budget. Before COVID, I was planning around dining out, and now I spend a lot of money on Postmates, but I have been cooking a lot more as of recently and found more ways to enjoy meals without breaking my bank. Stay tuned for this episode of Budget Babe Podcast, where I tell you how to dine on dimes. Hi, I'm Ella, and you're listening to Budget Babe, a podcast where we talk about living your best life without breaking your bank. Hey, Budget Babes, and welcome back. Thanks again for listening. On this episode, I am so excited because I'm going to be talking about one of my largest expenses and possibly one of yours too. It's something that is absolutely necessary for survival, and some of the best memories can revolve around this. I am, of course, talking about food. When it comes to many of my favorite memories, whether I'm traveling, having a night in, or gathering with friends, I usually incorporate the meals with it. If you heard episode three, my friend Anandi Klaassen and I talk about the vibes that can be bought upon by a great meal. To me, a great meal involves balance with a portion of protein, some fruits and veggies, and possibly a dessert. Now keep in mind, this is not going to be a show where I tell you what is best, but since I was raised in the South, I'm going to let you know that I have to, have to, have to have bread with my meal. Low-carb diets are the bane of my existence. I'm a Christian, so I'm going to tell my friends this, that eating without bread is sacrilegious for me because Jesus was the bread of life, not the cauliflower. In fact, there's no life in cauliflower. It's the Bible's word, not just mine. Wine is important as well. On this episode, I'm going to give you 15 tips, tricks, and discoveries on how to save your wallet while eating your best balanced meals right after a quick word from our sponsor. Let's go ahead and dive into the 15 tips, tricks, and discoveries, shall we? Now, number one, this may sound counterintuitive, but I recommend this highly, and that is having an air fryer. My air fryer was actually a birthday gift to me a few years ago, and it was absolutely one of the best gifts. In fact, 75% of what I cook is in the air fryer. Air fryers are literally sold everywhere, and every brand makes one, so you're bound to find a deal and have the ability to use a store coupon on one. Off the top of my head, Big Lots has the flagship brand for around $50 before tax. In case you haven't noticed, I'm a big fan of Big Lots. If you use Pinterest or just plain Google, you're also going to find that just about anything you want to cook can be done in an air fryer. It also takes up much less time in the kitchen. And if you are always ready to eat like me, food is cooked better, quicker, Frozen fries taste just like restaurant fries, bacon is crispier, steak is easier to cut, and even cookies are better with a soft center and crispier edges. Having the air fryer has also saved me from getting takeout many times, so the investment in buying an air fryer will pay for itself if you're anything like me. Number two, always eat a high-protein snack before going to the grocery store. When your eyes are bigger than your stomach, means going into the grocery store hungry, your bank account is prone to assault. We have all done this. We left the grocery store spending way more than we intended on food that we often don't eat later on. 
Number three, speaking of the grocery store, go to the grocery store with a list and plan in mind. I always like to look at the ads before I go in, come up with a strategy. I personally get most of my grocery stores at Aldi. I love Aldi. It's got a unique shopping experience and it's typically a lot cheaper than everywhere else. But if the recipe I'm using or if I need a unique ingredient or a specific store brand, I do have a specific stop in mind. One of my favorite grocery stores for this, for specialty items, is Publix. Publix is not known to be the cheapest, but the selection is always extensive. It can be expensive, too, if you're not careful, but extensive. It has an excellent deli. I get my store brand hummus there. I get some side dishes if I don't want to prep myself. Be easier to buy their side dishes than it is to buy the ingredients to make one myself. And their side dishes are usually excellent. And when shopping at a grocery store like Publix, it's not discounted. Make sure I make sure I go into Aldi first, the less expensive stop, and then I get what I need at Publix later. That way, I spend the bulk of the money that I, or spend the bulk of my time and money into Aldi and save money, then go into Publix. Number four. Don't sleep on store brands because chances are both the store brand and the popular brand are made in the same place. There was an article on hip2save.com where it talked about where a lot of the popular brands actually make the generic brands as well. For example, I love Publix Wheat Thin Crackers. It tastes just the same. I've mentioned this before. I love Aldi's Bella V instead of LaCroix. Just a few examples, and they taste just the same to me. This leads to number five. Number five is to be mindful of the marketing you see in stores. What I mean by this is that some things are labeled a certain way to appear healthier or better. For example, I have a lot of friends who swear by organic food over regular. While I understand wanting your food to be healthier, organic food often costs twice as much. According to a book called Skinny Bitch, The USDA is very lenient on what they label organic. So what is labeled organic may not actually be organic. Also, if you don't have a gluten allergy, do you really need to pay extra for gluten-free or non-GMO? What does non-GMO mean to you? I have friends who swear that GMOs are harmful, but I personally have not yet seen a corroborating study that proves that GMOs are harmful. A lot of people think that this is just a marketing ploy. Again, do what is best for your body. But for me, I usually strategize on how I shop by going to produce first. They usually get produce weekly. That's something that I can't really stock up on, but that's something I have to get weekly. So I usually go to produce first, and sometimes produce is the only place I go to. Then I'll go to meat, any kind of meat that I need to eat or grains or beans, whatever my source of protein is. And then the frozen aisles. I like to stock up on frozen vegetables where I can find onions already chopped, sweet potatoes, broccoli, anything that I can steam or keep around for a while. Frozen foods are usually less. They last longer and they're easier to prepare. Um, and there's, there you go. There's my health strategy. That's a health strategy that won't break my bank. I also want you to keep in mind when you go into a store, stores are designed to keep you in longer and spend unintentionally. They place products strategically in aisles and out in places to entice you. I learned this in college with one of my marketing classes. So when you go into any kind of store to buy, have a plan and focus on what you need. That is the best way to shop in ways to combat any temptations that are put in place. Number six, know your staples and what you need to stock up on upon. I personally like to get my spices. I get the store brand. Kroger's actually got most spices that you need for 99 cents plus tax. 
I know I cook with a lot of olive oil. Sometimes I can find olive oil cheap at TJ Maxx. It just depends. But Aldi has best price on olive oil as well. Um, the peanut butter, I do store brand peanut butter. It tastes just as good. Or any any kind of other nuts to keep around. They last long. Having nuts in the cabinet, that's a good protein snack. Uh, the frozen section, again, I check and see what I can stock up on the frozen section so I can cook later. So on to number one. I said to have an air fryer. What I have learned with the air fryer is that you can make many frozen foods such as, you know, here's some junk food, onion rings, buffalo wings, fries, Brussels sprouts, and chicken tenders. When you put them in that air fryer, I swear they taste just like restaurant quality with less calories and less money. Having foods like that stocked up also prevents me from ordering takeout. Again, twice the cash, twice the calories. Number seven, this one may be a no-brainer. But I find enjoyment in cooking. I make it fun. The air fryer helped with this. I cook more than I dine out. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average American is going to spend $3,000 a year on dining out. Remember, that's less than $300 a month, meaning around $10 a day. That $3,000 a year is based on an individual basis and not family. So if you're part of a family, take members of your family. Multiply about that by three and then add three zeros at the end of that. That's possibly what you're spending per year. So let's keep that in mind with your dining out budget. Another thing, it can be less or even more if you are most likely eating out every single day. So you could be spending more than $300 a month or more than $3,000 a year if you're someone that eats out every single day. Be mindful of that and invest your time into planning meals to cook. With groceries, the average single person spends anywhere from 166 to 187 per month. Then the average family spends around $600 a month. For me, my average grocery trip is usually around $30, believe it or not. I go about once a week. Most weeks, I find myself getting fresh produce with a few ingredients, while everything else, such as grains, nuts, and spices, are already stocked in my pantry when I spend like right around that $20. But yeah, $20 to $30, sometimes I get around $50 or $60, but it just depends on what I'm stocking up on. And Aldi has definitely helped me save money for that. Aldi, if you ever want to sponsor my podcast, make sure you hit me up. I'd love to have you. Now, number eight, one way I've been able to save for groceries is by switching out pricier proteins for longer lasting, healthier ones. What I mean by that is quinoa, beans, all kinds of beans, nuts, and frozen vegetables such as Brussels sprouts and broccoli, anything I can sprinkle throughout, that's going to cost less than buying meat. And I learned this little known fact about me as I tried going vegan for about six months. I discovered many ways to have those high protein meals with less fat. It also had less damage to my wallet. You may find that meat's not always necessary in every meal. It's another inexpensive vegetarian option, not vegan, but vegetarian can be eggs. At Aldi, they're right under $1 per carton, and that can last me about two weeks. So hard-boiled eggs is a great high-protein snack to start your day with. Number nine, check those expiration dates. Not only do you want to eat food while it's fresh, but with the expiration dates, you can make sure you get the most from your purchase. Before I became lactose intolerant, I usually bought organic milk, which costs more on the long on the front end, but it actually lasted longer, so it saved me money in the long haul. I also buy more frozen breads to keep than regular. Um, I don't buy, you know, bakery bread all the time. Sometimes I do, but a lot of times I'll buy dinner rolls I can keep in the freezer, Texas toast, anything I love to complete my meal. Because again, I said bread will always complete my meal. 
Number 10, share meals with friends as often as you can. Now, this can be tougher with COVID and social distancing policies in place. But if you want to have a socially distanced potluck with your neighbors, have somebody want to grill the meats, and then everybody bring in a side dish, it's a great way to have a great meal and enjoy each other's company as well. And you can actually make a lot of side dishes for less than $5. Or you can even go to Publix and buy your side dish and contribute that way. I've done that before. Number 11. Utilize spending trackers through your bank's mobile app. See if your bank online has trackers to see where your spending goes. Regions, my bank, for example, does do a tracker for traveling, dining out. I specifically set a tracker for dining out to see where my money goes and see when I go over my budget. This has kind of helped me be more self-aware in how I spend. Number 12, allow yourself some money for dining out. Once a month before COVID, my friends and I would try a new brunch spot in town. We want to hit up all the places that Nashville has to offer. We want to support these places, have some mimosas and some brunch. Now, when we did this, I always had it in my budget. I always made sure there's money in my budget to do so and to splurge. But I also planned my meal. That would include an appetizer, entree, mimosa, since it's brunch, coffee, um, parking, When you go out to eat in Nashville, you do have to have a parking budget. And I would know what I was spending, have a ballpark figure right before my feet hit the restaurant. So having a plan is always a safe bet when it comes to eating or any kind of spending. Number 13, lucky number 13. There's always a saying that it will state that it's not always what you say, but how you say it. Now, with this sentence, replace the word say with food and state that same sentence. It is not always what you eat, but how you eat it. Obviously, eating ice cream and chicken tenders every day is not ideal for your health. But for me, I have found myself at a healthy weight and overall lifestyle by following my cravings and eating what I want, but eating it slow and putting that fork down once I feel full. Sometimes that results in me eating you know, half of my meal and saving the rest for later. Sometimes it's just a few bites and sometimes I'll eat the whole damn thing. It depends on what I'm eating. But I do make sure to have that balance incorporating fruits and vegetables, lean protein, but still enjoying those chicken tenders every now and then. My doctor told me that people who diet usually have an unhealthy relationship with food and therefore struggle with their weight more. So having a healthy relationship food is key when it comes to managing your money that you spend on food and also managing your relationship with food. Again, number 14, watch your language and your emotions around food. I have friends who like to use the app Noom and where in O double O then double OM and where Noom is going to adapt to your lifestyle. If you're frequently traveling, if you, um, you know, have any allergies, Noom has a good way of adapting to that. Um, it's also just changing those eating habits and having a healthy weight. It's based on psychology. I also read a book called Way Down by Gwen Champlin. So it's Way, W-E-I-G-H, Down. And she's a famous nutritionist from the beautiful Tennessee. She went to University of Tennessee for her bachelor's and University of Memphis for her bachelor's. She's a professor as well. And what the Noom app and the book Way Down have in common is they focus on emotional attachments to food. When Shamblin began this book saying that most Americans eat to fill two holes. One is the hole in your stomach and one is the hole in your soul. That's very powerful. Now think about it. Have you ever called something a comfort food? 
But when you see something as a comfort food, you are likely to eat when you're stressed or upset and not just because you're hungry. That's your mind tricking you into thinking that food or alcohol can solve your emotions. But any happiness that food or alcohol is going to bring you is temporary. If you, however, have a healthy relationship with food, that healthy relationship can save you a lot more money and allow you to enjoy meals even more. And finally, number 15, always have snacks and water on hand to avoid unneeded expenses. I have this giant Ozark cup. It's uh, basically a generic Yeti that I got from Walmart. It cost me around $10 and it holds half a gallon of purified water and keeps it cold throughout the day. I keep that on me at all times. And then I usually will have some nuts or fruit or snack bars or anything portable in case I get hungry when I'm on the road or making stops. That way I can avoid stopping somewhere to buy food that may not be healthy and may zap out my wallet. Hey again, it's Ella from Budget Babe Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it. It would mean the world to me if you would leave a review, letting me know what you think. Also, feel free to follow me on Instagram, Ella Konomic, E-L-L-A-C-O-N-O-M-I-C. I would love to connect with you and hear what you think. Thanks again.